Where is the time going? Amen. we got to get ready. I think the Lord is drawing nigh. Somebody said the last trump shall sound. <laughs> and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And those of us remain shall be caught up to be with the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Encourage one another with those words. Amen. Praise God. Amen. To the book of Hebrews this morning, chapter 12. Thank you, musicians. Verse 12 through verse 17. Hebrews 12, verse 12 through verse 17. Amen. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down, and the feeble knees. And make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. But let it rather be healed, follow peace with all men, and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be the foul. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person, as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance though he sought it carefully with tears. Though he sought it carefully with tears. And I want to minister to you from this thought today, watch. Simply put, watch. Father, again, we love you. We praise you again today, God, for thy grace and mercy and long-suffering God towards us. We thank you again for the opportunity to be in your mix this morning. We thank you for your presence that we feel in this place, God. There is none like you, God. You are indeed the glory, and you are the lifter up of our heads. And I ask, God, that you let none of us leave the way that we came, but let us leave changed, and let us leave renewed, and let us leave refreshed in the power of the Holy Ghost, God. And we will give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise in the name of the Lord Jesus. And everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Watch. Watch. The book of Hebrews is a book entitled Better Things. It is not only a book of encouragement and one to inspire faith, but it's also to teach us doctrine, reproof, corrections, and instructions in righteousness. You see, doctrine teaches us how to live, and reproof teaches us what happens when we don't live. Correction, the righteousness, teaches us how to behave, and corrections teaches us what happens when we don't behave. Paul says that we need to look diligently. In other words, we need to watch. We need to be on the lookout. We need to be attentive. We need to be observant. We need to be vigilant. We need to stay awake. 
and we need to pay attention. Paul says that you need to watch and stay alert or else you can become hoodwink and fail to obtain the grace of God. We have to shake off discouragement. We have to shake off slothfulness. We have to shake off indolence. If ever there have been a time in the world and in the time that we now live in today, today we need to be alert. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 1, 3, Now the Spirit, speaking expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrine of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidden to marry and commanded to abstain from meats, which God have created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. He says in the last days some are going to depart from the faith. They're going to go out the things which they think is real and leave the things which are true and are real. They're going to go away from the Word of God and the truth and the doctrine of God, and they're going to follow out the men's doctrine. They're going to go out the things that are not true and things that are not right. You see, anything that can pull you and draw you away from God, amen, is not Truth. Amen. Anything that can persuade you and seduce you to come out the land and not stay in a strong relationship with Jesus Christ is not true. Jesus says in Mark 13, verse 22, For false Christes and false prophets shall rise and shall show great signs and wonders to seduce you. If it were possible that even the very elect could be deceived. Amen. So we're going to see false crises, and we're going to see false prophets, and we're going to see false things arising that is going to try to seduce you and draw you away. Amen. You see, a seducing spirit is anything that can draw you away from God's righteousness and God's holiness and God's truth to seduce you. You see, the doctrine of devils is false teachings and false doctrines that go against the words of God. Paul told the church at Rome, he says, Mark them which cause offense contrary to the doctrine which you have received and avoid them. We've got to get into the book so that we know what thus saith the Lord. We have got to become persuaded with the word of God that the things which God has said are true and steadfast. Jesus Christ said that heaven and earth uh, will pass away, but my word will not pass away. If there's ever been a time that a child of God need to be rooted and grounded in the truth, it is now. False doctrines and false teachings uh, are running rapid uh, from the schoolhouse to the church house. Uh, and so therefore, you and I, my beloved brethren, we must be strong in the Lord uh, and in the power of His might. Uh, we must put on the whole armor of God so that we're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. John lets us know in the book of Second John, verse 7 through 11, For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not 
that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and the Antichrist. Look to yourselves that you lose not that thing which you have worked. And so John is saying you need to pay attention to yourself so that you don't be losing and wind up losing what you've been working for. You've been working to get to heaven. You've been working to reign and stay with Jesus Christ, to be on the streets of gold. That's your overall purpose. So he says you need to watch yourself to make sure that you don't miss the mark and lose out. Whoso tra- whoever transgressed, John says, and abided not in the doctrine of Christ, hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed. For he that biddeth him God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds. This is why you've got to watch, to make sure that you know truth. As Jesus said, the truth shall make you free. And you've got to understand that just because they wear a tie, just because they stand in a pulpit, just because they carry a Bible, they may not be preaching the truth of God's Word. And you have to be alert, and you have to be vigilant, and you have to be wise, amen, so that you are not deceived you fall from the grace of Almighty God. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, but be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a royal lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So you've got to be alert. You've You've got to be sober. You've got to be vigilant. You've got to watch. Amen. Because if not, the enemy is going to sneak in real subtle and he'll take you out. So you've got to be on your alert. You've got to be alert. Amen. Don't be led astray by this thing, amen, that the enemy is trying to do in your life. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, he says, watch you. Equip you like men. Steadfast in the faith. Be strong. Amen. You've got to watch you. Amen. He's calling you to look at yourself. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own self. Know you're not that Christ is in you, except you be a reprobate. But I know that you know that you're not a reprobate. So he says, watch you. Stay fast in the faith. Amen. You've got to walk worthy. As I said in the Discipleship this morning. You have got to become fully persuaded that what God promised and what God says is true. You've got to cling to this thing. You've got to watch yourself. You've got to take some action now and like never before. You've got to know your surroundings. You've got to know them which labor among you and are over you. You've got to be a part of this thing. You've got to grow in God. You've got to develop in God. You've got to 
set your affections on things above and not on things of this earth uh, because the enemy of your soul is coming to take you out. So watch you. Stand fast in the faith. Quit or act like a man. And that's gender neutral because God is the man. Amen. And there's none like him. And so our character should reflect his character. We should have love and joy and peace. And those things that are in Christ should be developed in you and me. So watch you. Steadfast in the faith. Be strong. Get some backbone. Get some heart. Get some tenacity. Get some zeal. Get some eagerness. Stand. When you've done all you can do to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shell of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench every fiery dart of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. You've got to be strong, brothers and sisters. You've got to buckle up now. Amen. The enemy has released all hell loose in the land. You're going to have to be on the alert. It's coming after you. You need to prepare yourself for what's coming down the road. You've got to be strong in the Lord. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 1, this know also in the last days perilous times there's going to be some dangerous times that is coming when men and women can shoot and kill police and doesn't care these are dangerous times when bear can walk into places and blow it up these are dangerous times the police force has been telling you be alert to your surroundings and if you see anything got the ordinary, give us a call. Amen. You need to be alert. These are dangerous times. They are coming. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, and continents, in other words, lack of self-control, farce, they're acting like savages, despises of those that are good, traitors, heady, they're reckless, high-minded, self-conceited and proud, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Give me the football games, give me the, the things that goes, uh, gonna bring some fun to me and not to the church. They want more of the pleasures of this world than the things of God. Stadiums can be filled every Sunday. And 90% of those people that are there miss church and say they're Christians. Love is a pleasure more than love is of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the powers thereof. From such, turn away. For of this sort of they which creep in the houses and lead capless, silly women laden with sin, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come unto the knowledge 
of the truth. Jesus says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And Paul, writing to the church at Hebrews, he says, look diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Think about it. He says, you need to watch so that you don't miss his grace. You need to watch so that you don't come short of the grace of God. You're not always saved. Once saved, always saved doesn't work. You need to make sure that you don't come short of anything that God has got for you. You want to be able to hear him say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter unto the joy which I have prepared for you. You don't want to come short of anything that God has for you and the grace and mercy of God. And then Paul goes on and he says, Less, amen, any root a bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby and thereby defile you. One of the things we don't talk a lot about in the church is bitterness. Amen. You don't hear us talk a whole lot about bitterness. But I'm coming after you today with this terminology that Paul is talking about because he's trying to get us to see we need to watch this thing. It's subtle. Amen. Bitterness is anger, is resentment. When you mix up disappointments and anger and dislike and, and hatred and fear, it comes together. This thing is called bitterness that gets into your heart and it gets down deep inside of you. You see, bitterness, a bitter spirit can happen to any of us, amen, if we're not watchful, if we're not careful. You see, bitter Roots can grow subtle, amen, before they ever pop the surface. Every plant's roots grows underground before the shoot ever comes to the surface. Deep down inside of you, deep down inside of me, if I've got unresolved anger, if I've got an unforgiving attitude, if I've got resentment, if I've got jealousy, if I've got continual disappointments, if I have have this like for others, or just few life struggles is going on that cause me to plunge into bitterness. It's real easy. It can be deep inside of me from when I was a child. My parents did something to me, and I got angry, and I never got forgiveness. Somebody did something to me 50 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and I've never got forgiveness. And that deep root of anger gets down inside of me. It can become bitter. And later on, it surfaces and it springs forth. So Paul says, look diligently. Lest any man fail through the grace. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. And thereby, many be the foul. And we know defilement can't. Get into heaven. So Paul says, look around. Look over it. Amen. Look upon it. Be constantly 
on your guard to make sure that bitterness don't get into your heart. Start looking for this stuff. Start asking yourself, am I getting mad easily? Am I complaining and murmuring and bickering over stuff that really is no big deal? Ask yourself, am I allowing bitterness at the root of bitterness to get down inside of me? And it's causing me to be troubled. Because notice what he said. Once the root of bitterness gets up, it's going to spring up and start troubling you. You're not going to be able to sleep. Your mind is going to be tossed and turned. You're going to be tossed and turning all night. You're not going to be able to sleep. Do you see bitterness? It becomes that poison that gets into your body like cancer. And it begins to spread throughout the whole body. Amen. Everything begins to grow from that root. And those roots start growing underground. And you feel it inside of you, but you don't do anything about it. And then pretty soon, you think, I'm okay. You think, it's all right. But deep down inside, that resentment, that anger, that dislikement has taken place. You know it's there, but you haven't did anything about it. And then all of a sudden, somebody says something to you, and that bitter spirit uh, comes out of you, and as a result, it defiles you. It's coming out if it's there. So this is why you got to watch you. James put it this way in James 3. He says, verse 10, out of the same mouth, Proceeded blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things are not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Notice what he's saying. He says, if you say you're a Christian... Nothing evil is supposed to be coming out of you. Nothing bad is supposed to be coming out of you. If you're a Christian, the only thing supposed to be coming out of you is good. Because God is good. For the Lord is good. Amen. So if Christ is in us, this is what should be coming out of us. He goes on and says, Who is a wise man? And endure it with knowledge among you. Let him show out of a good conversation his work with meekness of that same wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie against the truth. This wisdom descend not from above, but it's earthly. It is sensual. It is devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Amen. Notice what he's saying. If you have bitterness in your heart, it's not from God. It's from the devil. And he says, and where it is, there's a whole lot of confusion. And there's a whole lot of evil working going on. And you see, and this is what the enemy desires. 
It's do you have bitter in your heart? He desires you to be angry. He desires you to be disappointed. He wants you to be jealous and resentful of others. Amen. It's what he wants. Because if he can get you to be bitter, he knows you will defile yourself. Bitterness should not be any child of God. King Saul had a root of bitterness. But Saul's root of bitterness didn't start because they were singing, David has, Saul has killed his thousand and David has killed his ten thousand. Saul's root of bitterness began when he did not obey what God told him to do. When he failed to obey the word of God, amen, it starts to grow. When you fail to obey the word of God, amen, it starts to grow inside of you. And this is what happened to Saul. As men, and when David, uh, they began to sing about David's killing 10,000 and Saul has killed a 1,000, then his bitterness surfaced. And Saul wanted to kill David. And he wanted to kill Jonathan. And he wound up killing the priest. Killing the priest's family. Amen. Get with me here this morning. Because what you will wind up doing is try to kill me. Or try to kill some other minister. Amen. Or the ministry as a whole when you got bitterness in you. This is why when people backslide because of bitterness and walk away from the church, it's always the ministry's fault. They want to destroy the ministry. Amen. And so you have to realize this before you let it happen because what is happening is you're defiling yourself because you never dealt with it when you heard it and you knew it was there. Praise God. So Saul tried to destroy David. He wanted to kill his own son, Jonathan. He disliked everybody that had anything to do with David. And it wind up defiling him and destroying himself. The Bible also cautioned us about Esau. Esau let a root of bitterness get into him. When... He sold his birthright. Notice what the scripture says. Lest there be any fornicators as Esau, who for one small morsel of meat sold his birthright. And we know the scripture, God says, Esau have I hated and Jacob have I loved. See, that's referring to the birthright. Because when you don't value what is rightfully yours from the father, God hates it. See? All the promises in the book are ours. See, Esau was to get the next birthright, but he didn't value it. See, the birthright is a type and shadow of the promise. Amen. See, the promise was to the next in line, and it's supposed to go on through the family. Amen. But what happened? Esau sold his for a morsel of bread. And as a result, the Bible says, when he sought for a blessing, he couldn't receive it. Though he sought for it with tears, he was rejected. Amen. Because he didn't value what was rightfully his. 
You see, as a child of God, your Father, Jesus Christ, everything He has is yours. You are heirs to the promise. This is why Galatians 3, 27 says, For as many as you has been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ. And if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs to the promises. Amen. The heirs to the things of God. Your birthright. When you became born again of the water and spirit, everything in heaven is yours. Amen. When you're going to get there. Amen. But if you don't value it, if you don't see the value of what God is trying to prepare for you and what God has for you, you're going to allow bitterness to get up inside of you. And you're going to think it's somebody else's fault when you don't get the blessings of God. When you see everybody else around you being blessed, and you're not being blessed, you're going to get angry, but it's not their fault, it's your fault, because you're not valuing the things of Almighty God, you've got to get that root out of there, so that you don't miss the blessings and the promises of Almighty God, Esau didn't value it, and so as a result, when Esau missed the promise, and did not get the blessings. What did he do? He went into the world and he married two women that was forbidden against Israel to marry into. That was a form of fornication. Amen. With the world. Amen. And as a result, he was rejected. Most people, if you reject the things of God in the birthright that is for you, most people will return to the world. And you, when you're going to seek for the things of God, you you're not going to be able to find it because you don't value what you have right now. You've got to get this thing down in you. He didn't value it. How much do you value what God has done for you? How much do you value? You've got to get that root of bitterness outside of you. The prodigal son's father told his oldest son, he says, son, everything I have is yours. Everything I got is yours. Yeah, I know you didn't leave. That's why everything is yours. But your brother was dead. Now, he's alive. He was lost. But he's found again. Amen. But you, you've been here. You never left. You never let that root of bitterness get inside of you. But it was starting to spring up. It was starting to come up. And so dad had to call him on it. Because he really started getting angry at his younger brother. And so it was starting, that root of bitterness that was there was starting to come up. But dad dealt with it in a more fashionable manner. So that he understood the value and the importance of staying home. Amen. And I come to tell you today, you need to learn to stay home. You need to stay committed to the things of God. You need to value what God has given you. You need to be excited about this Holy Ghost. You need to be excited about the promises of God. You need to be excited about holy living. You need to be excited about baptism in Jesus' name. You need to run this race with patience. You need to not let anything rise up and get in your heart and defile you and make you unworthy 
worthy of the things that your Father has for you. Don't let bitterness get into you. Paul said, don't you grieve this Holy Ghost of promise. Amen. Don't you grieve God's Spirit by letting anger and things get inside of you. You need to realize as soon as you start feeling anger, as soon as you start feeling resentment, as you start feeling unlikeness in your heart, you need to head to the altar. You need to run boldly to the thrones of God so that you can find help in the times of need so that you're not defiled and miss the mark of the prize of the high calling of God because you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise which is given to you for the day of redemption. Hallelujah. Don't let bitterness get in your heart. Don't let wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking. Paul says you put that stuff away from you with all malice. He says you get rid of these things out of of your heart. James said this stuff kills you. Amen. He goes on and said, but if you have bitterness and strife, he says, don't glory. Don't, don't, don't. He says, if you got it in there, he says, don't waste your time raising your hands and praising God. He says, because it ain't going to work. He says, you need to deal with it. You need to get it out of there. Because you need to go to the altar and get this stuff out of you. But aren't you glad God has a remedy for bitterness? The Word of God. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way, but taking heed thereunto, according to thy word. Amen. Bitterness, amen, will be there if you don't put something in it to get rid of it. The word of God. You need to take a daily dose of the word of God every day. You need to come boldly to the throne. You need to get a hold of the word. Jesus says in John 16, 33, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. And the world you shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. When bitterness tempts you, when bitterness gets into your heart, you need to make a circle. You need to get ahead of the cattle and turn them back. You need to turn yourself about. That's what repentance is. It's doing about face and going back into the loving arms of Almighty God. You need to come running. You need to come running to the mercy seat so you can find Jesus. You can find forgiveness. You can get your life right. Many times life doesn't seem fair. Many times Life tempts you to give up and to give in to bitterness. The song says trials are dark on every hand. And we cannot understand all the way that God will lead us to that blessed promised land. But here God is with his eye. And I'll follow till we die. We will understand it better by and by. There's a hope, amen. It's in the word of God. If you get in the word of God, if you hide it in your heart... I promise you, it'll get bitterness, it'll get anger, it'll get things out of you. David says in Psalms 51.10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not that Holy Spirit from me. Bitter is never good for you, especially to a child of God. And those of us who's walking by faith. Giving our hearts over to bitterness means that we reject the Spirit of God. 
the Lord will reveal our sinful ways and our actions so that we can correct it. That's why the Spirit checks you when you're doing wrong. We aren't stuck in bitterness. Come on. We're not stuck in anger. We're not stuck in these things as long as we realize that there is an answer, that there is a word. Amen. And we humble ourselves. What did Peter say? Humble yourself in the sight of God and he will exalt you in due season. Get into this thing. Solomon says, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsake them shall have mercy. Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen. Once you recognize that bitterness has taken hold in your heart, we need to confess it aloud. And we need to pray or confess it to somebody that's mature, that they too can pray with us and help us. You remember when Naomi came back into Bethlehem? What she said to the people and to her family and to her friends. When she came in, they said, is not this Naomi? Which means pleasant and loving and kind. She says, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. In other words, call me bitter. She was had allowed bitterness to get into her heart. But over a period of time, her daughter-in-law Ruth. Amen. Was an encourager. Ruth was a strength barrier. And as a result, as Ruth got involved, and as Ruth got to labor, and if Ruth met Boaz, and they got married, and they had a son, and they called him Obed, which is the father of Jesse, which is the father of King David, which is the father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You can allow bitterness to get in your heart and defile you, or you can get the Word of God and stand firm on the words of God and let God birth intercessors through you. Amen. And bring some newness uh, into your life. Uh, Paul goes on in Ephesians 4 and 26. Uh, he says, be ye angry and sin not. Uh, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Amen. In other words, he says, don't you let bitterness stay in your heart uh, and unresolved anger get in there uh, and get rooted and grounded. Uh, he says, you get rid of it. Uh, amen. We can be angry with God. We can be angry with ourselves. We can be angry with the others. But if we don't deal with it, it's going to defile you. It's going to destroy you. And you need to realize these things. But through the power of the Holy Ghost, we can be victorious. Paul says, I am persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor power, nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. He goes on in Colossians 3.13. He says, Forbearing one another in love and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. Amen. There are believers who thinks I can ask for forgiveness on my terms. No. Oh, I'm not ready to forgive him not right now. No. That's on your terms. Uh-uh. God don't work like that. See? God says, the way that you received it from me, you give it the same way. 
immediately. As soon as you realize it, you get forgiveness. You don't wait to Monday. You don't wait to Tuesday. You don't wait to Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. He says right now. You get it done right now because as long as you wait, the roots grows. And then you think you got more time and the more time. And once the roots keeps growing and the roots get deeper and pretty soon, amen, that bitterness will spring up and defile you. Amen. You don't have tomorrow. Tomorrow is not promised to us. We don't know what's going to happen when we walk out these doors. I don't know if I'm going to see you tomorrow or not. I don't know if I'm going to see you Wednesday night or not. Amen. That's why if I know that I have bitterness or dislike or something in my heart towards you, I need to get it squared away immediately. He goes on in Ephesians 4.13, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speak and be put away from you with all malice. Amen. So in a way, one way to get rid of bitterness is to deal with it. <laughs> Get it out of you. Amen. You know what? Bitterness is like garbage in your house. If you leave it in there, you'll get used to the stink. You will. You leave it in there long enough, you'll get used to the stink. But I guarantee you, other people come to your house. Other people come around. They're going to know it's stinking. And they're going to say, what is that smell? See? So you got to get it out. Because if not, it will rise up and affect you. John says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all that is unrighteousness. In Ephesians three seventeen through 19, Paul says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you be rooted and grounded in love, may be able to be comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passive knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. No matter what brought the bitterness on, no matter what brought the bitterness into your life, no matter what, took place. God's love is greater. Because, see, love covers all sin. And that's why God wants you to come to Him. By remembering and meditating on love of Christ for you, you will long for His presence and peace continually. Which is better? Better? Or bitter. Better. Beloved, I am persuaded of better things of you. Things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to get forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown unto his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each and every one of you do show the same diligence unto the fullness of hope. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely 
blessings, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after he patiently endured, he received the promise. Amen. What God has for you and I is so much better. The heart know its own bitterness, Solomon said, and a stranger doth not in a mitter with his joy. Each of us have a choice. We can be better or we can remain bitter. Doesn't matter to God, but you don't want to defile yourself and miss the mark. We were born again to conquer this world. Even though Satan tries his best to destroy you, I want you to know that you can be victorious through the word of God. So you got to watch. If you have bitterness in your heart today, why not confess it to Jesus? Why not allow him to heal you? Don't let it remain in your heart. So let's spend a few moments. We're going to take communion here in a minute, but uh, let's spend a few moments in prayer, seeking God and try to get our hearts right for this next moment. Amen. If you got bitterness in your heart, you got anger in your heart, if you got unforgiveness in your heart with anybody here, amen. Why don't you get it squared away? Amen. And then we'll get together here in a few seconds. Amen.